Welcome to the Edge of Creativity podcast. I'm your host, Cassie Kincaid, and joining me today is President and CEO of Concordia University, Texas, Dr. Don Christian. Dr. Christian, thank you so much for being here today. It is great to join you, Cassie. Um, watching you as a student and now what you're doing in the world is just so exciting. And to share some information with you and your listeners is great. I am so excited to not only pick your brain for our listeners today, but kind of to go down memory lane a little bit with sure. you. So to start out, can you share with our listeners where your presidential journey began and how it's progressed to where you are today? Like when we're talking about creativity, I always find that you can't just jump in and ask people about creativity like immediately where they are today, because it really goes back to their journey and where they began. You know, I have always been in a place where I have either been invited into leadership roles or took leadership roles, right? Um, mm -hmm. And in those roles early on, were, was rewarded for doing them. So kind of sought more and more. And this has kind of been a journey to be invited into something. I will say that probably, um, what, about 15 years ago or so after I got to Concordia, the itch, so to speak, of yes. leading a university got into my head. And, oh. it and I thought, you know what? I think this looks interesting. So I read a lot. I actually interviewed at another school. And after I left that going, oh, I really want to do this. So it was just kind of biding my time until our predecessor, Tom Seidel, left. And then um, the board elected me to serve in this role. But it really is that um, itch and desire to create something mm -hmm. great, uh, whether it be for you as you watched a classroom or mm -hmm. student experience, whether it be a college of business that we did together, whether yeah. it be a university, how do we create an institution that lives out its vocation, its mission in a way that um, serves the world well? That is so interesting that you got a book for that specific niche. I feel like sometimes people will look to other leadership roles, maybe not like the top one. What was it about the top one that really intrigued you? So there have been oftentimes in my life, I've sat in middle leadership mm -hmm. and I've also sat as head of institutions. Okay. So I was head of a Lutheran high school um, in Houston um, and then moving into middle management here at Concordia before becoming president. There's just this... Um, need i'll say need i don't know if that's the right word or not <laughs> to, to with this to create something for the entire organization when i see problems yes. i want to fix them mm -hmm. and the best way to fix problems for an organization is to sit in the lead role you have the final yes. say in whatever small organization large organization family church community organization you name it right absolutely um, the ceo role the buck stops there and mm -hmm that is the place you get to make the most long lasting change. Oh, that's, that's a great point. I, the I, one of the things I said to this point of creativity is that in middle management. So when I was Dean, mm -hmm. I could actually be more creative in a middle management role than I can be in this role. Oh. Because you have a limited scope. Yes. And it's not the same. It's similar, but different types of experiences. Think about this. A teacher in a classroom can be incredibly creative in their classroom. Mm -hmm. That's yes. where their sphere of influence stops. As dean of business, I could be incredibly creative within the college of business. Yes. 
Mm-hmm. That sphere got a little bit bigger, but not as creative as I could have been in a classroom, as you experienced with me, right? Yes. Um, and then as a head of an organization, especially a larger organization, 200 some employees, 2000 some students, your creativity takes on a different role of dreaming big dreams mm-hmm. that might take years to actually impact. I really like that, that the creativity is more on a bigger scale when you're sitting at the top role. And you know, then- one of the things you and I talk a lot about is being creative in the classroom, whether it was the um, piece of art that with crayons on the very first day or having that um, competition to create a um, uh, ad for Volvo yes. um, or whatever we did, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I could come up with those like the day before and just in- do them. Really? Well, yeah, I mean, you think about it. Literally, (laughs) the competition with Volvo, I had a conversation 10 minutes before class, and we said, let's do this. Um, Creativity in certain areas can be spontaneous. Yes. Creativity in a leadership role of a larger organization where Mm -hmm. more people have to actually enact it. Yes. Takes on a form of dreaming bigger and having to take longer time to implement those changes Mm -hmm. for the organization as a whole. You have to bring people aboard with it. You can't just, I don't believe a good leader wakes up one morning and goes, I think I'm gonna change this in the organization and wants to change. It's probably not a good idea. It'll be chaos. That's right. You know, we just, um, I don't know if you know the name Patrick Lencioni, who does a lot of writing for organizations and his newest book is called working genius. And there's six working geniuses he's described. And we were, went through them with our team yesterday. And I came out as a person who likes to galvanize people around an idea. Huh. And also as an idea type person, mm-hmm. um, in fact, the word he uses is people like this create useful havoc. <laughs> and I love that word, right? I think that um, again, think about, the havoc of our classroom that was very different than other classrooms. It was. Right? Because, but I could create it in that space by myself. If I'm going to create useful havoc for the organization, it's just going to take time and to bring lots of other people on board with me. I love that because when we talk, when we think about creativity, a lot of the times I feel like sometimes it's very individual and on the smaller scale. And you can, I love that, that you can be creative when it's on a smaller scale, more spontaneously oh, than right. you can on, on a larger scale. And so I want, you mentioned the classroom, Dr. Christian. I want to take our listeners down um, a memory lane a little bit to our first day in college. And the intro to business class that you were dean at the time, that was, I think, the only class you were teaching all semester. And one of the reasons I took that class was because you were dean. Um, And so I could tell it in my own words what happened on that first day, that very first, you know, 15 minutes of class. But I'd love to hear your thoughts and your creative thinking, like how you implemented that day. Yeah, so I spent a lot of time... It, it gets interesting you talk about how creativeness can happen quickly, but really, I think you set up your creativity through the questions you ask and the outcomes you want. So what I wanted for our class on that very first day was mm-hmm. to get them thinking differently. 
and could get them engaged in a different conversation than they were expecting. And for them to walk in and be jarred just a little bit from expectations, right? Oh, we were jarred, all right. <laughs> so I, how can I do this? What what does this do? So I don't know. I, actually, I think it was my wife and I were having this discussion together long before we implemented this, that I, I copied um, coloring pages of famous artwork, one on the front and one on the back. I think it was Van Gogh's Mona Starry Lisa night. and Starry Night, right? Starry Night and Mona Lisa on the two sides. And um, I put that and I had, everybody had a name tent. Remember that you knew where to sit. Yeah. There were like 40 people in the classroom. You knew where to sit. There was this coloring sheet in front of that name tent and a box of crayons. That's right. And we, I think we started at 930 mm-hmm. and I was nowhere to be found. I clearly remember that. We all had to walk in with no faculty member present. And I literally stayed out for about five to eight minutes mm-hmm. and then walked in through the back of the classroom. And you all were sitting there duly noted as new freshman students, n- not having moved an inch. And nobody's even talking with one another, right? <laughs> and so I'm they're over like, what is this? We have like, what is going on? I walk in and say, hello, coloring sheets? crayons what do you think you're supposed to do and promptly walk back out of the room again and you all had to figure out what do you do i'm sure somebody finally said i guess we can color and so people started coloring and i came back in about five minutes later and walked around and you all were coloring and again not asking anything not doing anything and then we stopped and i began asking questions right questions like um why did you choose this picture rather than one on the other side Mm-hmm. And the fact is, most of you said, oh, I didn't even know there was one on the other side because nobody bothered to turn the paper over. So yeah. there's a lesson there, right? Yeah. You got to look at everything that's in front mm-hmm. of you. Um, one of my favorite ones was how come nobody colored outside the lines? Everybody stayed within the lines because that's what you're taught to do. Taught to do. Um, why did you choose certain colors? What attracted you to this side or the other? Why did you wait to start coloring? Why did you need permission when obviously coloring sheets and crayons means you color. So all these questions of business and life, right? Came up very quickly and people's minds and actions were jarred toward a thinking process of, I can be creative without being told how to be creative. And that's really the, what I wanted for you as students is to enact your own creativity especially in a school setting, right? Mm-hmm. Without being told this is the way you have to do it. That lesson, I that day has been forever seared into my my memory. That painting, uh, Starry Night, has been, man, I took that painting, like I have it sitting right here at my desk. Well, I had it on, on my lanyard at work. Oh, wow. It, it just- So let me ask you a question. What, what was it about that experience that- seared itself into your mind and why has how has that experience shaped you it has helped me really realize how to uh, you hit the nail on the head like what you were trying to get across that day of how to think creatively you know don't do things just the way that they've always been done and really when i started pairing books with activities for kids 
that was really like the seed of book days. And I always kind of refer back to that first day in business class. And it's carried the program to where I'm like, well, why can't I contact this business and this corporation? And, you know, there's, you can connect with really anybody over children and children's books I found in my life. And so that's just scaled, you know, to a global program. You know, Cassie, one of the things we um, talked about yesterday as we were talking about these working geniuses is that people who are creative are disruptors. That's true. They, they they think of ideas of how to do things differently than others, and they have to be able to take the risk to do them because you are disrupting something. Um, let's Oftentimes we think of creativity and artwork, right? Yes. Those who were most creative disrupt it Art as people knew it, right? That's right. Um, the first impressionists, the first modern art, the first modern music, the first, um, no, no matter what music style changed, those who are most creative are on the edge, disrupting mm-hmm. the status quo. And one of the things I would say to people who have that creativity in them is you need to have a backbone to move into a space that nobody's gone before and know that it might fail, Right. Yeah. Know that people might not like it at first. You will be pushed back because you're, quote, out about, you're coloring outside the lines. Outside the lines. And we've been taught that if you color outside the lines, you get a bad grade. That's right. That's what school has taught many of us. That's mm-hmm. what life has taught many of us. And what creative people have to do is be comfortable with facing that pushback mm-hmm. when they color outside the lines. That's one of the things I've had to learn too about book days is that I was really implementing something nobody else had done. Like it was, it wasn't, I didn't reinvent the wheel. It was just, I took the wheel to a different place and Mm -hmm. that somehow was just revolutionary. And I love that concept that creativity is not always about something new. It's not, excuse me. It's sometimes just about changing how it's done or adding on. Mm Mm-hmm. And so I, I had to have a backbone. I had to learn to get a backbone uh, about, you know, sometimes people, you know, just uh, politely declined or it didn't work out or I didn't get my funding or, but you're absolutely right. Creativity does one, take a backbone. Let me go one other place. Um, since both of us are people of faith, mm-hmm. right? Um, I think sometimes in our formation, there's a little voice in our head that says, don't go against the grain too much. Um mm-hmm kind of stay within the bounds of how you you don't want to make people angry you don't want to you know go too far outside the bounds and i don't know why that is um (laughs) but there is something there at least in my background that has this voice in my head that i've had to kind of remove especially when that happens within a faith setting right Think yes. of those who early on introduced contemporary music into churches, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, think of those who are creative in how they present the gospel. Think of those who are creative in how they move into communities to be evangelists or whatever. Um, they are often creatives within the church and take on a different burden and risk. I love that. I love how you uh, you see creativity in that way as well, because that's also not just in business, but like in life and in, in the spiritual realm. And it's just so important. Creativity just really leaks into every facet of life and every occupation. And um, it really, I, I know we probably didn't plan to go this way, but I really believe creatives need other creatives alongside them. Mm-hmm. I think 
creatives also need to seek out people who will have their back, who will run interference for them. Uh, Absolutely. For, when, when they get pushed back against by others. And so those supporters, whether they are just patting on the back, people praying for you, people providing resources for you, um, it really takes that because creatives are often lonely because they're forging a path and creatives um, will lose. All right? Sometimes our yes. mistakes are wrong. Our, our, not really, our, our, our trials, our trying to do things new, just don't work out. It's going to happen. So. No, that's a hundred percent. And Dr. Christian, you have been one of those people for me. You have uh, one of the things I've really cherished about our our friendship and you mentoring me ever since my that first day of business class, essentially, <laughs> that you have always believed in me and believed in my creativity and how it moved forward. That you were never about even, not just me, but all the the students there at Concordia. I feel sometimes in the College of Business is very easy, you know. You need to get this business degree because you're going to make bank. You're going to go into big corporation, you know, just the whole vibe when you think of business and, and there's nothing wrong with that, you know, a good living at a good, you know, corporation or things like that. But you were never one to like have that portrayal to any student. And you were always about us following our God-given paths and just being a blessing wherever we were. And that meant so much. That's good. One of the phrases we use, like to use Eric Concordia, is engaging in meaningful work, right? Mm -hmm. And um, I think those of us who are creative have to find an outlet for that in our work. If we're in a place where we don't get to do that, we won't find meaning. And so I would encourage your listeners um, to find that space. It doesn't have to be across the whole organization. It might just be in a very small part. It might be the bubble you work in um, to exercise your creativity and find that person who will support you in it. And I love that too, because sometimes when we think about creativity, we're like, oh, well, we're not a CEO of a corporation or we're not leading this program, but it's really about your sphere of influence. Right. That is absolutely. How, how can you be creative in creating relationships with your coworkers? How can you be creative in doing your work in a manner that is more efficient, more effective? How can you be creative to add value to your organization in a way that you don't even need permission to because you just do it better and different. I love that. That is just so life-giving that you don't have to be in leadership to really do that, be creative. Not at all. So uh, wrapping up just a few more questions, can you describe maybe one or two of the ways um, that your creativity comes out as your role in your role as president? Um, I think it happens most by the questions I ask. I can see that. Right? It is sitting with people, whether it's in a group or one-on-one, and determining and thinking deeply about how can I ask a question that draws out of that person something they might not even be thinking of right now, which leads to a discussion about things that might be, which leads to creative action. I'm sure all those questions have really led to really impactful conversations and outcomes you know there's been oftentimes with the right question Mm -hmm. can lead to emotion tears sometimes can lead to laughter and can lead to as you point kind of this freeing i can now act because someone has allowed me to say something out loud 
that's been, maybe been in my brain or my soul. And once I say it out loud, it can become reality. Wow, that that's so impactful. And in that has been really one of the other lessons that I've taken away from our time together in class as a freshman. You were always about asking good questions. I still, I will remember that till my dying day, asking good questions. And you gave us ample opportunities to ask good questions for to you, you, know, you, our classmates, people, speakers that came into our class. You were always about like speak up and ask good questions. And, and I love seeing that on the reciprocal end in your you know, very high role at Concordia. And really that just can be applied for us all in our own lives. You know, one of the ways to think people can be creative, whether they think they're creative or not, is to go to the next question, the next question, the next question. Remember, we always ask, well, tell me why. Yes. And I think when people look at issues or come up with answers to questions, then the next question is, well, why did I come up with that answer? And what else might there be? And just taking the time to think deeper and longer leads to creative action. It is not so much about a a certain outcome that sometimes I think we think of creatively, you know, a, a, and like you said, when we think of creativity, we think generally our first thought is an artist, a musician, a teacher, but it's more about the thought process and not at a, at a final to getting at a final solution or a final Absolutely. thing like that. I really like that a lot. It's, it, creativity begins with the thought process. It ends in action. That's right. I love that. Man, and I think that is such a great place to end our conversation today, Dr. Christian, that it begins with a thought process and ends with a solution. Yeah. Yeah. That's, if we can all just remember that, and I hope this this has just been so inspiring for our listeners today, hearing you and all your experience, um, some of our time in the classroom, and just, I know this has just been a big uh, blessing and just great experience for them. Thank thanks, you so much you. for being here today. Uh, it's great to be with you. God's blessings to you and the work you do. And um, thanks for having me on. Thanks for joining us for this episode on the Edge of Creativity podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe so you don't miss any of our upcoming conversations. We'll see you next time.